We, I can, I can speak up at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'll turn the volume up. I can put my earphones in if that helps. But yeah. um, <laughs> good. How are you guys? It's been a while. We're doing yeah. good. It's been been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it must have been pre-pandemic, probably last time, was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, came yeah, up Boston Way, and yeah, that was uh, a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. and here we are on the other side. Yeah, and and a lot has happened since then, hasn't it? <laughs> It has. Oh, it has. It's kind of like it's kind of like yesterday and like the longest time ever. Everything's <laughs> changed. And nothing's right. changed. It feels a bit weird, really. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yeah, you know, and I think the I think during the lockdown, it was nice. All the community came together, and we kind of all looked after each other, and you know, people played Walking Dead. But that whole kind of recruitment drive that I think we were on in 2019, you know. Pathfinder shows, real momentum, people picking up Kings of War. I think that's taken a bit of a kind of, you know, just slowed off in the last 12 months, I think, the show. So, you know, certainly that's our objective for next year is just to get people, we, we got people back gaming, but then yeah. we got to say, and then bring your mates along too. Yeah. 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 And um, so I think that's 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 certainly our objective for the for the coming twelve months is just get growing again, get uh, get being bigger. And you had quite the jump on that with the Train Crate Three release. Yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've got. I think it's a great retail product. That I think it was. It was a little bit difficult to kickstart because it's just a straight value Kickstarter. There's no. Um, there's no incentive other than half price. Now, yeah. half, half price is pretty good. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, a sweet deal. But you've got to be thinking that this is a problem you want solving now. Whereas once we've got it out at retail, whenever you want to solve it, there's a solution. So, you know, when, yeah. when someone's building a new gaming table or a new games room, you know, there'll be this lovely range of, of nice plastics. For sure. And, and, because Rick's jumping right into the, the hard-hitting oh, I was questions. Say, we need to, we're, we're, we're getting should ahead we, of ourselves, aren't Should we? we actually introduce the show a little bit? I know we usually do a cold open anyway. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, uh, exactly. I definitely think we should do that. <laughs> All right. We definitely well, uh, start at the beginning. Yeah, so so we can, we'll can we we'll pick right up from there then. So you are listening to Dead Zone, the podcast. I've been Brian. I'm Rick. And I'm Ronnie. Us, with us today is Ronnie. Sharks, I came in too early. Ah, Look at that. I've got the gun. (laughs) Welcome to the Dead Zone Podcast. Dead Zone is the sci-fi tabletop.
uh, we'll fix it in post, as as we always say, and, and then I never do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's the usual chaos you get with me. <laughs> it's all good. But great, great, uh, great seeing you. It's it's like we said at the beginning of the show. It's been a little bit uh, since we've been in touch, and um, but but a lot of great things have been going on at Mantic. And uh, as we were just talking about the the terrain crate uh, Kickstarter project, which was uh, pretty successful, it uh, seems like you guys hit quite a few stretch goals as well. Yeah, no, we're very pleased with it. It's um, it's one of those things that it's not a natural Kickstarter product because you know there's not the exclusivity that comes with it and getting mm-hmm. two years worth of releases early and all in one box. You know what this was about is you know you're going to save. 50 60 70 percent of retail you know we need some mm-hmm. help with the tooling uh, it's good to have a, an initial order to get us over the line um, but you know you have to be wanting to change your gaming table at the same time as we're asking for you to uh, as we're asking for help with tooling so right a few things <laughs> need to interact um i think it, it you know it will be a great retail product because people are just gonna see it there and when they want to do their gaming table you know, we, we were just finalizing the range and, um, you know, it's just going to be a great alternative that's going to look a bit more interesting than your green railway trees that, that most people are still gaming on. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I got some, and, some and I holiday ones. And to physically start seeing it and sharing it off, I think they'll realize how cool it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you really kind of hit the, the nail on the head there where it, it is a great, like, product for retail. Like, this is a great line for Mantic. Like, Terrain Crate is one that we see in a lot of game stores, even if they're not miniature-based yep. ones. Yep. You know, the D&D folks are, are always looking for this kind of stuff. The, you know, the, the you know, Star, you know, Starfinder uh, is also, you know, a nice sci-fi-based RPG that are, yep. are looking for terrain uh, bits as well. So I think, well, I think no, these I think are think great. It's going to work for 40K. It's going to work for mm-hmm. Infinity, Firefight, Dead Zone. You know, I think... It, I, any anything sci-fi, fantasy, futuristic, you know, the ruins and the trees work. I think anything fantasy-wise, particularly higher fantasy. You know, mm. I think if you're fighting on a green board and you've got, you know, grey buildings and and Viking kind of buildings, then then green trees, you know, kind of work. You know, the rolling hills mm. of Kent or whatever you want to you put them in as. But I think when you're playing on a, um you know, um, molten lava board or a kind of, you know, in the void and you're looking for something a little bit more out there. Yeah. Um, or you're looking for something a bit more themed, a Trident Realms board or a nice you know, winter board. board. You can really take it to some kind of high fantasy, you know, and I think there's going to be a whole load of modelling opportunities that people will start when they get their hands on it going, I can do this with it, I can do that with it, you know. Absolutely. And I think, you know, probably in hindsight, we talk too much about the huge six inch trees and not enough but the fact that the normal ones about two and a half three inches you know you can just get bags of those and 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 you'll be just covering your gaming table with very pretty looking interesting looking you know flora and fauna so Mm -hmm. uh, and there's 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 modelability you can put on the kings of war bases infinity board where scenery is really important you know it really is is absolutely line of sight stuff that you can use mm-hmm. through to others where you just want the template and it's just highlighted that that's a two inch wood or a six inch wood or whatever it is. So it covers a lot of bases for a lot of people for a lot of different scenarios. I think. Yeah, hey, covers bases. 
I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> and and the neoprene stuff uh, that you're putting out with it, like the the you know the square ones for the buildings, but also you know the like you're saying the forests and the different shapes and stuff to to really kind of help draw where the edge of of things are. Uh, I think those are really neat. That they're, they're really it makes them very transportable <laughs> uh, yeah. and easy to throw down and move about uh, while still looking nice and clean. Um, it was one of those things that, I, you know, for me, the the gaming table is almost as important as the armies. It's not, but it kind of <laughs> is. It, it's certainly up there. It's just in third place behind the two armies. Obviously, my army, first place, their army, second place. <laughs> um, Obviously. <laughs> And during lockdown, one of my hobby projects, I don't know if people remember it, but I, I, I did all the terrain that we have here. We had some of those secret weapon tiles that had been painted, but they weren't very good. And I reflopped them and refilled up the rivers with, um, you know, water resin. And then I did all the woods. We got a load of like MDF woods with scatter on. So I scattered them so they look the same. I ended up gluing the trees in because the trees kept falling over from the beast bases. And when Rob and Matt and I and, um, Kyle, set up our big battle it looked brilliant you know it was mm. one of the best looking battlefields i've ever seen it was gorgeous it was like 12 foot by four foot we weren't too far apart so i knew we'd be playing on the normal four the two six fours edges some rivers um but not too much um but when we started playing the fact that you couldn't take the trees out and the base was hard mm. And we're playing big battles. There's a lot of figures on. It just became inconvenient. You know, it right. was it was all about aesthetics and not quite enough about um, function. Function. Yeah, correct. And so I realised, you know, what you wanted underneath those woods was a was a template cut to exactly that size. Take the wood off. But mm -hmm. the are they in the woods? Are they not in the woods? Was crystal clear. And then, so you've got the beautiful aesthetics and you've also got the mechanics of the gameplay. And I yeah. think you know, most people that are playing games probably lean more towards the aesthetics, no, towards the gameplay <laughs> than they do to the aesthetics. And mm -hmm. um, so actually, you know, what the ruins do, for example, is you can put them on the templates, on the corners, and they mark out exactly where the building starts and ends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you want, you can get rid of the templates and just put the corner pieces in, and it does the same job. Yep. You know, here's a big corner piece, and 90 degrees away from that, okay, there's the edges. You can draw lines between them, because often it's the backside of a building. It's not the front angle where there is two big walls. Right. It's where does it end? Is it is it between the pieces you've got, or is it a square building? And so the template does it. So... What we're, what, what we're trying to address with all those is it looks very pretty, but it's very, very functional. Mm -hmm. It's easy to transport. It's, um, you know, the trees are the same rate size exactly for Kings of War, you know, so it's the type of terrain you can you can just drop down, get playing on, whether you put the trees on them or not, you know, you can you might have some trees or whatever else. So function was, was really paramount in the... Um, what they required yeah absolutely and we actually we actually kind of ran into some of that at the michigan gt where we had a bunch of kind of ruined you know half buildings uh you know where the, where you only have half the building like open yeah. on one side and it was like well we want to treat them as buildings you can enter for your firefight tournament and it's like yep. okay where do we draw the borders you know how big is this Correct. building what's what's its footprint like so 
Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great line. Perfect. So you can either just template that, put your building on the corner and say, it's clearly a building. This is the bit that's the building. That's the wall. Mm-hmm. Or you can yeah. put the ruins on the back and the other corners, and then suddenly you've got the edges of a building. With or without the template, you'll still be able to draw lines between your pieces because it fills in the gaps because we've done a load of corner pieces. So mm-hmm. you can you can go hugely functional or you can go aesthetically functional. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, and I and I just think you know just taking away the arguments, something that Kings of War and Firefight have always done in the game set in the rule sets. You know, we've clarified rule sets to be slick and fun, mm-hmm. not not an argument about the rule book and we're trying to do the same even for some of the other games because i just think we're 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 addressing a problem Mm. i I have one last question on on the terrain crate stuff so you guys have like ruined alien scenery and we're obviously very into the warpath universe so we were curious are, are are those ruins aligned to a specific faction within that universe um, or, or was there was there any kind of that planning uh, in place? Okay, so the ruins are more. Uh, so there's two sets. There's Dead Zone yep, yep. style ruins. So what they've done is we've taken our original Dead Zone, furni- uh, you know, table furniture such as the um, Battle Zone range. Yeah, yeah. And and done terrain. That is absolutely aesthetically the same as that. Yeah. So, you know, those cross girders. Mm-hmm. You've taken one that's got cross girders and they're just blown apart. You can see so the little window frames and stuff like that. Yeah. Correct. So you can actually marry up some of those. You can mm-hmm. put them on the corners, but aesthetically it'll all look similar. We actually did a set that were, I don't know, kind of gothic-y style ruins. Sure. For, for whatever reason that we thought might be appropriate, <laughs> but there's quite a lot of gothic terrain out there. That it has the walls and the big sections, but not the back scatter. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, that's kind of crazy that they don't do that. So we'll just do it for them, and then people will buy it. So, <laughs> um, so that one is is uh, is a future uh, gothic range to be announced by Mantic for our future trade, but it could be some some many years from now. Sure. Um, okay. But in the interim, there may be a demand for it. Who knows? <laughs> and then um, the other sci-fi stuff, which is the Xenos, yeah. is a kind of walls. The board bit, the, the boring bit, was um, undamaged walls and corner pieces, sure. like we have in the fantasy range. Because actually, just having a couple of, of barricades walls that are of a good size are quite good fun. They give people to things to run to to defend, and so we just thought it was good generic scenery. Mm-hmm. And then we put a um, comms tower like a uh, pyramid and then we put a portal because actually um and a and a gun emplacement mm-hmm. and we thought they were quite good fun because they then sprub ban uh, sci-fi dungeon crawlers mm-hmm. they're useful for war games tables because it feels war gamey you know it's like the type of thing where you know the, the tower's not ruined but it's not my army it's not yours it's very obviously scatter terrain kind of does a job where it can go on top of buildings or whatever else so if it's to be a a mantic faction it's yet to be decided which which firefight faction it is <laughs> um but at the moment it's more just kind of other world very sure. obviously 
sci-fi, cool, painted up, have some fun with it, gaming table scenery. And and who knows, maybe it could be, you know, even in a more ancient, like, Asterian uh, space. You know, the yeah, people yeah, that originally I mean, put it, the plague, you know, out there kind of yeah. thing. So, I mean... It, 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 Space is big. <laughs> it means mostly to Asterians, and as we know, there was races before the Asterians, mm-hmm. so there is there is that story angle. But we didn't want to pigeonhole that like this is Asterian terrain. For sure, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, going to use it for 40k Zeldar terrain. We didn't want to put it there because it it wasn't. It's war games terrain. Mm-hmm. It's to go on your war games table. Yeah. It's to go around your buildings and to give you something that's just a bit interesting and unique. And then and then players can really kind of theme it to that to that end. Yeah, if you want to paint it in, and you know, it's definitely not human. I mean, yep. It doesn't have that. I'm a human, but it just doesn't have that kind of vibe. That the Dead Zone stuff has a human vibe. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels a bit more other world Xenos like. Yeah, very cool. Hey, I'm Chopper. I'm Brian. And I'm Rob. From Mobile Armor Radio. And you are listening to Dead Zone, the podcast with Rick and Brian in the morning. Never heard of it. (laughs) I don't even know who those guys are. So, uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, like, Mantic has done a whole lot, especially since we've seen you, but even just this last year, you know, especially in the Warpath universe, you know, we've, we've got a big... Uh, you know, launching of firefights. We had the Magnetar uh, summer campaign, which was, yep. uh, you know, a really excellent, um, fun time. You know, we we actually did a, a tournament uh, to kind of end cap the event for us. Thank yep. you. Watching you guys, it was good. There's been a lot of activity. We like that. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, we're we're always chomping at the bit for more evolution of of the the universe as it goes. So uh, that's that's been really cool. Uh, speaking of like uh, events and everything, so Adepticon is right around the corner. It seems. <laughs> um, yep. uh, what, what's what's kind of Mantic's plans uh, for for that? Obviously, we kind of know more of the events, but like like the game events. But what what's uh, kind of Mantic from the UK? Uh, were you guys going to be coming over? Were we going to see a couple of you? Yeah, definitely. So Marty's definitely there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and be there. But Adepticon always falls between. My birthday, my wife's birthday. Ah, uh, yeah, right? that's yeah. So uh, that would do it. A challenge. <laughs> You've just got to pick your timings to mention that you might be in America for her birthday, and that can be a little bit dangerous. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine's definitely going to be there. I'm going to try and be there. Probably will squeeze in a few days. And um, I mean, I think the big thing, Jan, Feb, March, is all about recruitment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've we've had a great time looking after what we've got. I think Armada was a big thing for the Kings of War community. I think yeah. doing Dead Zone again re-sparked everybody's Dead Zone excitement and they all realised what a fantastic game it is. Mm-hmm. And then I think the natural follow-on was Firefight because if you've been playing a load of Dead Zone, you, you've probably got a couple of factions, you've got more figures than you need. <laughs> so we've got a really slick game there. The challenge has been like almost getting enough people for each of the games because you know we've now got four games out there that are current. I mean, I think we've got Vanguard, but I think that's you know, towards the end of its kind of current vibe. But Kings of War's got a brand new 
Big Red Book, even had a green butch pool the lockdown. Armada, brand new. Dead Zone 3, Firefight 2. All slick, all playable. And we're always like, ah, there's too many toys. What can we talk about? <laughs> and, and It's a tricky you know, problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, they stop playing Kings of War and start playing Firefight. Well, that's kind of good. They're playing a different game, but we're not getting any bigger. Mm. Yeah. You know, what we need to do is get bigger. And so it's been great because we've got um, people going back and starting to run events, as you guys have been doing. The demos have started again. Mm-hmm. But we've also realized that, you know, by putting resin in our two-player sets, it's nice to have a couple of figures. But then all of a sudden, you know, the present prices is going up, and then you're putting the retail price up, and your starter set is 120 bucks, which isn't very starter. Mm. So, you know, what we've got coming out, for example, for Kings of War in January are ambush sets. A nice. couple of sprues, a couple of figures, and you're playing for, you know, 50 bucks. 40 bucks, I think. 30 or 40, 40 or 50. So, but you're going to get three or four, three units for each army. You can download the rules. They come with a little rules pack. The stats are obviously on the website. And, and that's not too intimidating. No. And it's a bit like Dead Zone. Why is it very popular? Because people can buy a pack, faction starter, six or seven figures, you're up and running. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so what we're going to be doing in, in Jan, Feb, March, all the way into Redempticon, is a huge kind of recruitment drive about getting people started, giving your games a try. And I think I just got an email today from someone saying, bought Firefight back in you know March, never quite got round to it, uh, been 40 game players all our lives, just played it this weekend with my three mates. Oh, my God. What a clean rule set. How much fun this is. We just can't get enough of it. Blah, 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 blah. And I think we just need more of that. We mm. need to get a whole lot of people trying what we're doing, having a go at it, because I think when they do, they'll go, this is what I want to do this year. Yeah, yeah. So we've got cool plans for Armada. That's coming to the app in March. So people are going to be able to access you know, the rules for the free first free for the first time, some taster ships. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And then once we've got people excited and, and recruiting, we're going to turn the heat up with new armies. Uh, a very cool sci-fi book in the late summer that's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's loads and loads of very cool things building up to Twilight King at the end of the year. So very nice. Right on. And, and like, speaking of that, that growth, uh, like like growing the the community and everything, I, I sh- just saw the the post today about um, the the blackjacks uh, slow grow firefight challenge, uh, and you guys had a big event at Mantic uh, just a couple yep. weeks back. Uh, that looks awesome, and I think that is a great way uh, to to get that drive growing uh, for games like firefight. Um, you know, especially making that pivot from dead zone. It's like, okay, you have, you have these models. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think I totally agree. And I think it's important that that handholding in the early stages, when it's so easy to um, not finish painting that unit, not get it on the gaming table, not have the payoff gaming experience. There's so many ways to just fall off. And I think what, you know, Andy and the blackjack guys, it was just brilliant. They started, let's glue them together. Let's keep touching back in. Mm. Um, it's a great way of starting that second army you've always been to start. You know, you've got one, but it's starting another one. It's just a, it's, it's community driven and having that payoff at the end when there's an event. Yeah. Just lovely. You know, and people gaming and seeing it and streaming it 
a whole load more people get it. And it's just it's just a whole heap of that. And I think that's what the next three, four years is going to look like for Mantic. It's going to be delighting our existing customers with cool activities and getting new people to give our games a try because they really are great fun. Now, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask if the Rebs are going to be showing up in Firefight. Uh, I know I've under, I've understood the the production challenges. Obviously, there there are those. Well, yes, because what what are, what are the rebs and who are they? Yeah. Um, all I can say is nothing is getting more attention than that. <laughs> um, we, we kind of don't like the old PVC, and we're now working quite hard, particularly with the dead zone stuff, to get rid of it. Sure, it's nearly gone from every range. It might have even gone from every range. Um, I mean, you know, there's a couple of orcs or, uh, you know, that are all right because they look quite good at it because they're chunky. Right, right. Thinner stuff, which the were. The aesthetic is beautiful. Mm. The idea is beautiful. The execution was poor. Um, we're actually, we're going to do something, I think, even more exciting than the Rebs next year mm. for Firefight. Okay. I think it's going to galvanize the community and act as a recruiter that the likes of which we've never seen because okay. we're going to, we're going to do a, a massive vehicle scrap. Right. We're going to make game really work with a number of vehicles. So it's still going to be similar points levels, maybe a little bit more, but all of those extra points goes into tanks and flyers and anti-tank guns and anti-aircraft guns and <laughs> squadrons of tanks supported by infantry so your infantry become what they would do on a modern day battlefield which is objective holders mm -hmm. um panzer grenadiers tank support troops and um, rather than as it is at the moment which is the main thrust of your army with a couple of tanks right so it's yeah. going to be a can um i call it tanks it's vehicles but it's, <laughs> you know they're going to get a tank <laughs> yeah well, actually, we've got some plans for some vehicles, too, and, and you know, anti-tank guns, like those cool goblin ones that we've got, you know, that are there shooting away. All of a sudden, three or four of those, bam, 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 <laughs> trying to take that down. Flyers coming in, dropping bombs on it. Adding that level of slight carnage, but a lot of good fun, where it's largely tank on tank, mm -hmm. with yeah. infantry, anti-tank weapons trying to get in close or take the objectives. And so quite a challenge for the RC, but I think a good fun one. What a great book. Um, mm -hmm. Then we could be taking plastic tanks and adding a, a resin gun or some off-world barrage or calling command points, and just just creating a game experience. The big advantage is painting six tanks is not that hard. Our tanks go together really nicely. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you're tank, your tanks are amazing. You can, you can airbrush, you can dry brush, and you get them battle ready very quickly. You can then layer up if you want and add some stuff on. What I think that will do is everybody that's got an army that's done the slow grow or has got a dead zone faction can just have three or four things and can be playing a really cool, big, different battle mm -hmm. that isn't yeah. 40k, isn't firefighter, isn't infinity. It's tanks, vehicles <laughs> at 28 mil, you know, affordably, easily, affordable in time and money, mm -hmm. which I think that's a huge recruiter. 
for people to come along and say, show me what this bloody game is. Because, you know, Americans love a good tank. They love a bit of sci-fi. Yep, they love a big yep. gun. What the is this? This is cool. Tell me more about it. Yeah, okay, come on. Come and join us. Yeah, because so many... And I think when we grow the community, then it's the time to bring back Rebs and say, right, these are the Rebs. Here's where they live. Here's you know, two or three faction versions of them. Then there's the human, obvious human one of them. Mm. And then there's the kind of multi-race Rebs. Yeah. Much easier in Dead Zone. Um, but I think if you don't have the Territons and the um, Sphere, if you don't have those, it lacks a lot of character. Mm-hmm. But we need more people playing. Before we yeah, want to start yeah. releasing new armies, what we want to do is get recruiting, get slow grow, get, you know, now the app, play Kings of War, yeah, two bucks more, you can have Armada, you can have Kings of War, you can have Dead Zone and Firefly. So, you know, four bucks for one, six quid for the lot. Oh my God, right. <laughs> Now I can participate yep. for almost that money. I can play Dead Zone. So I'm playing Dead Zone. Love it. Got the figures. Let's go to Firefight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so just on this kind of big recruitment drive. And I thought rather than doing another army for the guys we've got, let's do something. For everybody who's got an army has a reason to go and buy a few more tanks. Sure. That freshens your army up. Next time you play Firefight, you've got two or three tank options instead of one or two or three vehicle options instead of one. It's a game we've all, all wanted to play, mm-hmm. you know. Probably yes. Apocalypse was the last time we did it, you know. Yeah. With that tanks, so let's have a go at that. And um, and I think it will be a great recruiter because I think it's brave and it's exciting and it's a bit crazy, um, which I think people love. This is Kevin Riddle, and you're listening to Dead Zone, the podcast. That's right, Riddle. Not Relay, not Riddla, not Rydell, not Riddell. Riddle. Just like it's spelled. Now, I, I know I've been dominating a lot of the questions. Rick, you can you can throw out a couple. <laughs> no, that's, that's why you're the one that leads this podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, I will bring up, uh, go back to uh, the train crate because you sent us uh, an STL file kind of to check it out and see what they looked like. So it brings up another question for me is, is that STL going to potentially be part of Mantic's business line going forward? Yeah, I think we'll probably do something down that route. Um, I think I can see it being a place where it supports resin. So if you sorry supports plastic, so yeah. there's a few kits in our range where um, we've taken a plastic kit, or in some cases we've just we've not even taken a plastic kit, and you need a rank and file trooper in a desire to get that released. We've done it in resin. Suddenly you might have ten bodies, ten arms, ten well twenty arms, ten left arm, ten right arms, ten heads, uh, depending how the models cut or anything else. Um, in resin, if you have a plastic kit and all that bits of resin, it's fiddly. It's difficult for us to do mm-hmm. because there's a two-handed weapon option. So we've got ten of all of this stuff now. Um, so instead of it being twenty-five bucks, it's fifty bucks. 
and literally the, the cost of the resin for 10 arms is the same as the cost of the plastics. Right. And then I need 40 of them to do a hoard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. suddenly I've gone from 50 bucks to 200 bucks for a regiment, for a hoard, you know? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, that's not our business model, you know? So wherever we're possible, we're putting every option on the sprue. But when you've got 10 figures on a sprue, it's not an option to have 10 figures with 10 hand weapons, 10 two-handed mm-hmm. weapons, 10 ranged weapons. Right, right. And make the rules good. There's too many compromises. So you have to leave, okay, leave the two-handed weapons options off because that's just uh, an elite unit. How do you want it? Well, I want it in hordes. Well, I need to buy 40 arms and 40. Okay. <laughs> so, so I could see where it'd be lovely to say, hey, you know, here's an upgrade pack for the halflings. Go buy the mega army. That gets you your basics. If you want to upgrade some of these units, or, or you go buy the plastic from your retail store and download the upgrade army pack and print those off in resin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, off we go. And then you can either choose to buy them in resin because you don't have a 3D printer, or you can just go and print them yourselves or get them someone else, either us to print them or someone else to print them, you know, because uh, it's how do we just find a way to to do some of that. So, yeah, I can see that it might grow from there. It might be that we offer a full service, but at the moment there's just a lot chunking out. Sure. A lot of, uh, obviously playing in another very big game. That's nothing to do with us. You know, what we're doing is supporting our games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's a role there. And, and I think, yeah, I've got some really cool plans. I'll come back on in the new year if, if I can make it work that I think is even more exciting than what I've just talked about. And, <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah, where we can, because, you know, so so definitely something we're looking at, which is not definite yet, but I sure. definitely think it's something we're looking at. And we are talking about very seriously, and, you know, the app is a precursor to it. It's not the same tech, but it's that slight pivot towards a digital offering. Mm-hmm. Um, deals with some of the logistics challenges, particularly in Europe now we're post-Brexit, where that's quite hard work. Um, yeah. And and stuff where, you know, the price we have to charge to cast it, you know, make the moulds. I'm going to do a video about the resin process and put it up. So I did that one. Did you see that one that I did about the plastic process? I think, yeah, I can remember yes, I that. Did. Yeah. yeah, and that was like one of the most popular <laughs> videos of the year. I just <laughs> to my finger and just did it. I'm going to take people through and say, when you say, why is your resin expensive? Let me just show you what happens to make you a resin kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... You, the, the levels of process that go through from from a versus a plastic sprue that once we've tooled that sprue, bang, there's ten goblins, bang, there's ten goblins, bang, there's there's six ogres, bang, to you know making a, a regiment of ogre braves. So, so being able to to, to just go, so here's what then we've got to make it, strip it, bag it, box it, ship it, halfway around the world. <laughs> Give a retailer some ability to make some margin and then sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a long, long journey, and it's perfect if you're buying your one-off model. It's your hero. It's cool. It's kicks. You only need one of them. When you're doing forty, not quite so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and like the the. Model quality uh, of the the newer stuff that's been coming out, you know. Speaking to that, you know, like like the Marauders uh, look fantastic. All the all the new 
uh, leaders that have been rolling out for firefights, such as the the Forge Father one and the the new Enforcer one. Like all those guys just look so cool. Uh, so it, it's but yeah, there's definitely the the understanding and and you know the the difficulty with um, you know the manufacturing process uh, does can make that challenging yeah, to do exactly. it in mass. Right. You know, a large job is just to make sure you have lovely, lovely models to play with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, how we how we solve the logistic issues, I think we can all be flexible on it. As long as we've got great sculptors making great models, mm-hmm. we can look at ways of, of doing that. And uh, if we're cutting out a whole load of process and pain, we can pass that saving on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and because it still comes back to the most important factor, which is getting more people playing our games. We think they're great. We think when people play them, they think they're great. So our challenge is simply to get people to play our game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might be biased, but we think your games are pretty great yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're biased. I think you're sensible, reasonable, honest people who have a very good life. Yeah. <laughs> who happen to run a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was so enthusiastic. They've started running a podcast. Um yeah, and I think that the, the key now for the next year is, is more, more podcasts, more gamers, more events, more fun, more people, more players. Let's just grow, let's enjoy it. And, um, you know, we've, we've got some great products. We've got a couple of cool licenses. They're just going to, you know, I use those as great door openers, mm. you know. Yeah. They're great ways for our fans to have another Manti game experience that isn't as all-encompassing as a Dead Zone or a Firefight or a thing. So, you know, all the way through from the Hellboy dice game through to some of the board games we've got coming out. Umbrella Academy, there's good mm-hmm. fun, playable, light-hearted games, but they're getting us better known. They're getting us talking to the to, to more people, mm-hmm. getting Mantic products on more shelves, and um, allowing us to continue our kind of core mission, which is growing our, our hobby base. Speaking of that, since we've got you on here, I wanted to thank you. Uh, you sent me a care package for my D&D group at the high school. They absolutely loved the scenery. It, they've had a couple sessions where the scenery did, wasn't actually part, but they still put it on the table and still built it up because they loved it. And for some of them, that was actually their first introduction to miniatures. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, great. I mean, you know, and I think that's one of the things that we are, I mean, on a serious note, <sighs> I know of school teachers in the UK, big gamers don't tell their kids about gaming because they know the families can't afford it. Mm. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I think, you know, our, our, our affordability drive is not, it's about time. And if we get older, we all get less time. But it's also trying to provide the products in a way that, means teachers can set up clubs and say, well, look, Mamza gave you the first three rules. And for birthdays and Christmas, these are a treat. You know, they're not super cheap, but they're certainly not going to pay some fat cats in the city their dividends this year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not going it. to break the bank with what your products are. <laughs> Correct. It, it, you know, it, 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 it's a hobby and it's good, great value for money. And I think that's where I want to be positioned is that we we work hard, provide a great experience, good fun, good value for money. And you're very happy to keep doing it and recommending it and sharing it. And compared to where other money goes, it's a, it's a heck of a, an, an investment for something you keep forever. So, 
that's kind of serious to me. So it's always a joy when I can get a few sprues out to, to, to you know, our fans that start sharing it and then they're recommended and then, you know, they'll start buying the terrain crate stuff. And that just all goes back to, 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 you know, it's the good karma, the good hobby karma. It just goes around. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so I'm glad, I'm glad they were happy and I'm glad we've uh, introduced a few people to miniatures because that's the, uh, that's the way forward. None of this role play nonsense. <laughs> all about the miniatures. <laughs> Forget theater of the mind. We need to see it. What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew. And I'm Coach. From Family Gamers 777 on YouTube. And you are listening to Dead Zone the Podcast with Rick and Brian. Do you think they'll be upset that our audio is better than theirs? Nah. Rick will probably just laugh it off. <laughs> Told you. Uh, with um, with a lot of uh, you know new players coming into into the game space, especially in the sci-fi range, with, with new people coming into Dead Zone and Firefight, uh, and and with the new new lore coming out, a new book coming out, uh, as you mentioned, I actually happened to go back through and look at all the first edition books and read up on all like the lore that's kind of buried within those, and even the the scenarios and stuff. Uh, so I I was actually kind of curious since I have you here. Uh, is there are there any plans to maybe even just kind of repackage some of those old either stories? Or scenarios uh, as kind of like a, a you know like we had with outbreak and and um, uh, escalation, um, which is kind of curious because it, it it seemed like a lot of the uh, as far as first edition to third edition scenario wise that there there would not be yeah. many difficult changes that would have to be overcome. Uh, I, I just thought that would be a great way to... to... Yeah, because, yes, actually, certainly, yeah, I mean, certainly the, the lore match, it's one of those things that it's hard, to, you know, the urge is always for new. I mean, like you say, the, 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 this, I mean, it's probably been around seven or eight years now from mm-hmm. Dead Zone, was it 2016? 15? Yep. Um, you know, we, 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 we're almost overnight sensation as we go 10 years, you know, and you realise how much stuff's come out mm-hmm. and then much passion's been poured in. Um yeah, I mean, we're slightly conscious about, you know, repackaging old stuff um, simply because, you know, we assume everyone's got it. But of course, that's just not true. You know, there's so many people that are just getting into it, just getting started with it to go and picking it up. Um, maybe something we'll put out digitally sure. and just say, hey, look, you're just going to need to update the rules or we lightly update the rules and then put it all out as, as part of a subscription reward or something like that. You could have yeah, semantic points. Um, good suggestion. I hadn't thought about it actually, but there is quite a a, a mine of great material there, isn't there? There's oh a, yeah, <laughs> really is. Thing. And, and at, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. At, in that same vein, um, we know that uh, Panathor has a wiki for it, where I, really, I believe that's kind of community driven and and kind of populated and updated. Yeah. And uh, we, I had posited in the last episode uh, to Rick, kind of at the end, it's like, how cool would it be if the Warpath universe had a similar wiki? Again, like a community-driven one. Uh, and it would just kind of be that question of, you know, what would be appropriate content to have in there? Like, uh, obviously, you won't want to 
take stories verbatim or something like that, but, you know, some kind of synopsis of, you know, factions and... and yeah, well, probably got quite a lot from that, the Warpath source book mm-hmm. which came out, you know, when Warpath yep. Firefighter the source book came out, we purposefully put the source book separately because it covered both. And I think that was a beautiful oh, yeah. book. I mean, I know it was absolutely... I've read it cover to cover. <laughs> so rich. And, and bizarrely, it's one of the things that people say they want more lore... And they never buy it. That's fair. So unless you force them to take it, and then when you force them to take it, it's the bit that they read and read, you know, and, and realise that's the bit that they want. But if I just put a even a King's War book out next year, month with just lots of lore mm-hmm. in it, and stories, they want to buy it. They'll go, oh, that's cool, yeah. So, I mean, we could probably work with you on mining the source book and, and pick, pulling a load of stuff out of that because that is a... Um, you know, and something we could we could certainly, or, or we could put it up on our free to download PDF site, yeah. So that people yeah. could just you could link to it and then go go getting it. But we'd be very happy for you to mine that kind of stuff. Um, awesome. Uh, it, it is a thing where we we regularly see that kind of in the the Facebook groups and and stuff like that. Is like, oh, you know, I want to you know learn more about you know where where can I find content for for this game. I think we, we've got a lot of video yeah. content. I think we got a lot of audio content these days. So it's like the the written content is something where Kings of War has has a great uh, community kind of driving that with like Dash Twenty Eight and and like I said the Panther Wiki and uh, you know uh, what, what's uh, what's Mike Carter's blog until someone loses an eye or something like that. Oh yeah, so it's a <laughs> great blog, isn't it? Is it? But, uh, like I, has he got his first check from uh, YouTube yet? From the what was that? Sorry. I think he was, he, he was trying to get his first, you know, one dollar check from them. I think he's, I think he's probably done that now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so, uh, like a, a community-driven uh, uh, kind of collection of, of Warpath-centric uh, stuff, I think, would be really great. Especially if we can expand that even just beyond lore to do things like tactics and stuff like that, because that's yeah, well, that's, that, uh, that that was a great thing about Kings of War getting that kind of big community mm-hmm. influx. There was a whole lot of people, you know, like Kyle and Jesse that were used to make, we really wanted to make videos. And, and you, when you get that kind of push, and I'm hoping things like the, you know, tank porn <laughs> book next year attracts a load of people who then, you know, do how to paint and mm. how to plays and battle reports and people that yeah. love doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a whole load when we're in the sci-fi stuff early in the year that, you know, the, Penny Arcade guys were yeah. going crazy for it, and you know we had some guy, um, uh, Angry, Angry Joe, Joe, yep, uh, Joe Vargas, who was. The problem is it's sustaining yeah, it. Yeah. You know they get excited when we release, but then there isn't quite enough to just to, for them to fully commit, and then they just drift back to whatever else they're doing. Or they're in that three month churn. Hey, three months of Firefight. Hey, three months of someone else's game. Hey, sure. three months of Armada. Hey, three months of some other mm-hmm. game. You know. And people are kind of you know, slightly scrolling through. And obviously for something like Firefight, um, it has to be one of your yeah. games. You know, like with Kings of War, you I play this, this, this and Kings of War, mm-hmm. you know. And Kings of War being your kind of go to long term game. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of I actually got to get going here pretty soon because I got to get stuff set up for a firefight demo later this nice. afternoon. Oh, that's a, 
That's the best excuse for leaving the podcast. I've yep. got to cycle out, getting late and very dull. Yeah, so, yeah for you. Brian's got to get. Uh, I got to get back to work. I'm on my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Ronnie. This has been great catching up, and and all the the awesome things coming in Mantic. Is is there any other kind of announcement you want to get out? So we're we're going to be releasing this just uh, in the next couple of days. So is there anything kind of pre Christmas? No, no. I think just keep watching. We've got some great announcements coming. We've got a lot of excitement. I think you've got a great heads up. We've got a new Dead Zone two player set in mm. February. Uh, Got a new Armada book coming out next year, which is going to have interactive scenery with it. Um, you know, we've just got obviously the ambush sets we've mm -hmm. talked about. Uh, the app's getting a big upgrade to uh, encompass all the Armada rules. So, you know, lots of different games to try. Um, so a lot of exciting things going on. We've got some big announcements to make with regard to some licenses we've signed. Um more board game, those two. They're a bit sure. more board game, a bit more even than I think more Mantic than Umbrella Academy, say. But, you know, what you're suddenly building up is we've got Hellboy. We had The Walking Dead. We might try and get that back as well. Fingers crossed in some format. Uh, we've got Umbrella Academy and then a couple of computer games just about to land, one of which is or both of which are super <laughs> exciting. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right well, well we'll we'll be keeping our our eyes open and our ears up out i don't know how that works uh but we'll be listening it's like <laughs> for for all the news there yeah, there we go keep, keep listening and then definitely we'll want to have you back on in the new year to talk yeah, about definitely set it up and we'll, we'll come back on and we can talk so we'll have a whole load more to talk about so let's do that. awesome thank you again ronnie well thank you very much hey everybody yep, thank you bye, -bye. now have a good night, everybody. Thanks, man. Yeah, cool. It was great fun. Good giggle. Thank you, man. And, and if, if there was anything you you look back on and say, oh, I probably shouldn't have had that in the, in the podcast, just let me know. Oh, I'll edit it out. Now it's fine. Nothing, there's nothing in there. I will not be edited. Um, the revolution will be televised. Correct. Exactly. That's exactly right.